the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Joseph's faith is absolutely remarkable. I mean, of all the people you would think might turn away from the faith, Joseph would be a leading candidate. Why? His family, the way his family treated him, you could certainly understand him saying, if that's the people of God, I don't want anything to do with them. He lived in a totally pagan environment. Not only that, it had been about 200 years since God had promised Abraham that his descendants would dwell in the land. It can be pretty easy to feel sorry for ourselves and resent the lot in life that God has given us. And I wouldn't think of belittling the challenges you might be facing. Many of us face an uphill struggle for most of our lives. But if anyone seemed to get a bad deal in life, it was Joseph. In spite of experiencing injustice after injustice, Joseph never doubted God. Dennis Woolley, a radio personality and self-help guru, made an interesting observation. He said, expecting the world to treat you fairly because you're a good person is a little like expecting the bull not to attack you because you are a vegetarian. Well, as far as I know, Woolley isn't a Christian, but he certainly made a good point. Joseph handled the repeated injustices with such constancy of faith that one might almost think that he expected them. And God finally did bring him out of his miserable circumstances. Still though, Joseph, like his ancestors, died without seeing the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. As we study the heroes of the faith, Joseph will be our focus today on verse by verse. Our instructor in this Bible class of the air is Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been serving there for over 25 years, and Verse by Verse Ministries is a natural extension of his teaching ministry. Hebrews chapter 11 is often called the faith chapter. For over two weeks, we have been exploring the truths of this great chapter and finding applications from it for our own spiritual growth. The book of Genesis is packed with stories of amazing faith. Hebrews 11 highlights some of those people who exemplified faith so powerfully that we like to call them the heroes of the faith. If you would like to be ready to follow along in your Bible, our first text will be Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22. Now, here is Pastor Steve with a look at one of the most amazing faith heroes of all, Joseph. Not too long ago, I had the privilege of speaking in chapel at Lakeside Christian School, and after I finished sharing my testimony, I said, let's open it for some questions now. And a young man asked me this question. He said, uh, who are your heroes? And I hadn't thought about that for some time. Who are my heroes? But as I began to respond, I, I said this to, to him. I said, uh, uh, my heroes have changed over the years. Growing up, my heroes were well-known sports figures, and while I still like sports, I really can't say they're my heroes anymore. But my heroes today are men and women of God. Some are famous and some are not famous and are relatively obscure. 
Uh, This morning, we're going to meet four people who we should have as our heroes if we know Christ. These are four people who God wants us to look up to, to emulate, to walk as they walk, because each of these individuals walked by faith. They are all listed in Hebrews chapter 11. And so you should turn now to Hebrews chapter 11, because this is the faith chapter. In fact, the titles of these messages the last few weeks are called Heroes of Faith. These are my heroes. These ought to be your heroes as well. Two of the four people are famous. We're going to learn about Joseph today and about Moses. They're famous. Just about everyone in this room knows something about Joseph and Moses. But the two other people are not famous. In fact, you probably, at least most, have never even known their names. They are the parents of Moses. We believe, according to Numbers 26.59, that the mother of Moses was named Jochebed and the father Amram. And so that may be new to most of you. We don't think about the parents of Moses, but we will this morning. And so let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 22. And you'll recall we left off last week because of, uh, of just time. We left off at verse 21, uh, and verse 20 speaks about Isaac and then Jacob, and then in verse 22 about Joseph and, and what he said at his death. But let's begin looking at verse 22. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. In these verses, we're going to see some wonderful practical truths about faith. So let's begin by looking at the first practical truth from the life of Joseph. From Joseph, we learn that faith triumphs over death. Faith triumphs over death. You know, many people fear death. Even Christians have not driven that that last remaining uh, concern about death. Many Christians are like that, but, but faith, faith and confidence in the Word of God absolutely triumphs over death. And we begin by looking, and I'll read again verse 22. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus, that is the departure uh, of the sons of Israel, the departure he's talking about is from Egypt, and gave orders concerning his bones. Now, as I read that initially, actually a few weeks ago in preparation for this and studying, I thought, that's odd. That's odd, because when you think of the life of Joseph, you don't think of his death, do you? There are so many things written in the Bible about Joseph uh, as a model for us, as a great exemplary figure, uh, positive, wonderful things about Joseph, that uh, his death is the furthest thing from our minds. For example, when you think about Joseph, you think of a man of integrity. Here was a man of great honesty who, by telling the truth, uh, was thrown into prison by telling the truth, suffered greatly. Here was a man who was absolutely impeccable in his morality. Remember Potiphar's wife grabbed hold of him and said that he was trying to rape me? And Joseph had none of it. In fact, she was trying to seduce him. 
And yet Joseph is commended as a man of morality. Here's a man of forgiveness. Imagine, remember his, his rotten brothers sold him into slavery? They didn't know that he'd end up in Egypt being uh, the prime minister, but they sold him in slavery. And here's Joseph. Uh, years later, uh, they're still conniving, by the way. They're still rotten. And they, st- they make up this thing after Jacob dies. They say, now, now our father said that after he dies, you're to treat us nicely. <laughs> that wasn't true. Uh, they, Jacob, we don't have any record of Jacob saying that. They're conniving again. Joseph said, in essence, don't worry about it. Don't worry. You, what you did, you did for evil. Your motives were evil, but God meant it for good. God sent me here that I might deliver the chosen people because there was famine in the land. And so Joseph's a great man. Integrity, morality, forgiveness. How about wisdom? I mean, he, he's the fellow who, who God used the human instrument to preserve Israel because he said when there's famine in the land of, of Egypt, before famine hits, let's save. Let's tax the people. Yes, Joseph said, let's tax the people. And uh, Pharaoh listened to his advice and they saved some. So when famine hit, they had food stored. So Joseph was a great man. But his death, the writer to the Hebrews focuses on how Joseph faced death. That's really fascinating because there are so many other things to consider. Now, why did he do that? Why did he do that? Because this is a chapter on faith. And, And keep this in mind, because Out of all of the ancient Jewish patriarchs, Joseph was the least likely to have faith in God's promises to Abraham about possessing the land of Canaan and the other things that went along with it. Joseph demonstrates true, absolute faith because he is the least likely candidate to have faith. Let me explain. Where did Joseph spend most of his life? From the, from age 17 on, he was out of the land. He never returned to the land, and I'm saying the land of Canaan, the, the land that God promised, the land of promise, the holy land, what we call today. Joseph spent all of his adult life out of the land. Why? As I said before, because his jealous brothers sold him into slavery. He ended up in Egypt. By God's sovereign design, he, he rose to the position of ruler of Egypt right under Pharaoh. And he was used by God to preserve Jacob and his family. It's all part of the divine plan. If you wipe out the family, then God's promises will not come to pass and God will not be proven to be absolutely righteous. Now, he was different from all the other Hebrew men and women, a unique figure. He had, as I said, he lived in Egypt all of his adult life. He had an Egyptian wife. He had sons who were born in Egypt. He had an Egyptian father-in-law. He had an Egyptian government position. He dressed like an Egyptian. He looked like an Egyptian. He ate like an Egyptian. Outwardly, he was an Egyptian, but inwardly, he had a Jewish heart of faith in the God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph's faith is absolutely remarkable. I mean, of all the people you would, you would think might turn away from the faith, Joseph would be a leading candidate. Why? Uh, His family, the way his family treated him, you you could certainly understand him saying, if that's the people of God, I don't want anything to do with them. He lived in a totally pagan environment. 
Not only that, it had been about 200 years since God had promised Abraham that his descendants would dwell in the land. And you see, when God promised Abraham, it was right then and there. And then Isaac was right in that category of time, that time period. And then Jacob too. But with Joseph, we're moving away from that. And Joseph might have said, uh, where is this promise? Where, where is it coming to pass? It's 200 years. Abraham's long gone now. Isaac's gone. And, and Jacob is gone. Where is the promise? So, so we look at Joseph and we, and we say, Joseph has faith in the promised land. He never even lived in that land or faith in God that he'd give them the promised land. He never lived there after 17. But in spite of these things working against him, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22 says that when Joseph was dying, just before he died, he spoke about the children of Israel someday leaving Egypt the Egypt that he was second in command, leaving Egypt for the promised land and taking his bones with them. A story is found, you don't really need to turn there because it's rather obvious from verse 22, but the story is found in, in Exodus, or Genesis rather, 50, verses 22 through 26. In fact, that's how the book of, of Genesis closes. Joseph made his brethren swear that they would take his bones with him, with them when they left the land. Now, he didn't know when. He didn't know how. But he, but he so believed in the promise of God that Israel would be in the land that he made them swear that they would take his bones up. He was so convinced that someday they would leave Egypt. And that's interesting in and of itself. Because from all appearances, uh, they were staying in Egypt. There were no plans for them to leave. There was no one to lead them back. But Joseph is convinced and he made his brothers swear that they would bury him in the lands of, of Israel. You see, he was an Egyptian in looks, but his heart was in the land that God promised. And they did this, by the way. They did this. Joseph's uh, bones somewhere are, uh, are buried there. Hundreds of years later, when Moses led the Jewish people back from captivity, back to Israel, they carried the bones of Joseph. And it was even years after that when they conquered the land that they finally buried his bones in the land. In this age of immediate gratification, the patience of Joseph is hard to imagine, isn't it? I mean, when we order something over the internet and it doesn't arrive in a few days, we usually send an email or make a phone call asking, where is it? What's taking so long? Did it get lost? Did you forget to send it? I suspect that practically all of us would have given up if we were in Joseph's shoes. Yet the mindset that Joseph had can be ours too, depending on where we focus our attention. And Pastor Steve will tell us about that in just a minute. We would like to welcome you, uh, those of you who have just tuned in, that is. You're listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been ministering for over 25 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Verse by Verse Ministries is an expansion of that ministry. Today's radio Bible class is the beginning of Pastor Steve's sixth message about the heroes of the faith listed in Hebrews chapter 11. Our main focus this morning is the tremendous faith exhibited by Joseph and the application that we can make to our own lives. So let's get back to class to hear what Pastor Steve has to share with us now. Now, what do we say to all this? How does this affect us? I told you that this is very practical. I think the principle is this. 
Faith triumphs over death because it believes God for the future. We have a future too. It's not in the land. Not in the land of, of Canaan, but it's in another land. It's in the eternal land. It's what the Bible calls heaven. And God has given us wonderful promises about heaven. And the issue is this. Do we believe him? Do we believe him? Does our faith look beyond this world? It ought to. Faith triumphs over death because it believes God for the future. Do you believe God for the future? Do you believe that if you know Jesus Christ that you have a future? And are you focusing on that? And are you living your life with that in mind? 2 Corinthians tells us the, the future hope we have. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you'll see what I mean. Marvelous promise that God has given, and every Christian should know this promise. Every Christian should hang on it. Every Christian should live for the day that we are in the presence of Christ. I mean, that is exciting to think that when we die, we go to be with Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about it. I was just, uh, as I wandered off to sleep last night, thinking about that. And I thought, well, how exciting. What anticipation. If you anticipate taking a nice vacation, imagine the anticipation that we ought to have of our departure from this earthly tabernacle, this earthly tent, to be absent from the body, to be present with Jesus Christ. I don't know what that's going to be like exactly, but that is so thrilling. Second Corinthians chapter 5 tells us this, verse 1, for we know, and notice this, we know, how do we know? We know by faith that if this earthly tent, which is our home, which is our house, is torn down, that is to say we die, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the, in the heavens. God's going to give us a new body, he says. For indeed, in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Inasmuch as we, having put it on, shall not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed in order that, it, that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, he who has, uh, he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us the Spirit as a pledge. In other words, the Holy Spirit living in us is a pledge or a down payment that, that there's more to come. The Holy Spirit is a taste of glory. He's just a taste of it. We don't, we haven't experienced glory yet. Just a taste. Foretaste. Verse six. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. We are not in the Lord's presence. The Spirit of God indwells us, but we are not in His presence in the sense of, of the fullness of, of heaven. Verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We haven't seen Jesus Christ. We are walking by faith. Anybody who says they have seen Christ has been deceived. They have not seen Christ. Now, Peter says, whom having, having loved, but you have not seen him. No, people who say they've seen Christ have vivid imaginations. They have not, not seen him because we walk by faith. We're not walking by sight. We don't see the things that we know will happen. However, verse 8 says, We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. That is to say, the moment that we die as Christians, your body may go into the earth, may be buried, may be cremated, whatever, but your soul and your spirit go to be with Jesus Christ. There's no soul sleep. You don't wait a thousand years. You don't wait a year. You don't wait a month. You go to be with Christ immediately. Immediately. 
Now, I don't know what that exactly is going to be like, but we ought to look forward to it. That's why Paul said to die is gain. We ought to face death triumphantly. Do you believe, do you believe that God about death or do you dread it? Ought not to dread it. It's, it's really just the gateway to the wonderful glory that God has for us. Joseph's faith ought to, ought to inspire us, ought to encourage us, because when we look at Joseph, we see that here's a faith that was contrary to all appearances. Contrary to all appearances, because when he expressed his faith in Israel leaving the land, it didn't look like there was much hope. And the same thing for us. You have people who are skeptics. You have people who don't believe what the Bible says about going to be with Christ, about heaven, and they have all kinds of mockings about that. Uh, But we believe God. We believe God, and by faith, though the appearances look rotten when you're dying, we know that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. So our faith, like Joseph's, isn't to look at appearances or circumstances, but only to take God at his word. And after all, isn't that what Hebrews 11.1 says? That it is the conviction of things not seen. Conviction of things not seen. So, first of all, what do we learn about faith? That faith triumphs over death. You don't have to fear death. Joseph knew that there was a future day coming and God would keep his word, and we believe that too. Secondly, faith not only triumphs over death, but faith overcomes fear. Faith overcomes fear. And we see this with the faith of the parents of Moses. Verse 23 of Hebrews 11, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Now, it looks at first glance like this is the faith of Moses, but I assure you, Moses had nothing to do with this. He was an infant. Infants don't have faith. This is the parents of Moses that the writer is talking about. And the background of, 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 the, of this verse is Exodus chapters 1 and 2. So from the writer's perspective to the Hebrews, we're moved now from Genesis to Exodus. He's just moving along Jewish history. And Exodus chapters 1 and 2 tell us the story that after Joseph's death in Egypt, a new pharaoh ruled the, the Egyptian land. And this pharaoh, this king of Egypt, was not sympathetic to Joseph. The way the Bible puts it, there arose a king who knew not Joseph, which obviously means there was a new dynasty. And there were other things going on in the history of, of Egypt. At that time, you had a takeover of people who were really not Egyptians, and then another takeover. And so, so with all the political intrigue going on there, a new pharaoh ruled Egypt, wasn't sympathetic to Joseph, wasn't sympathetic to the Hebrew people. And in fact, he was threatened by the Jewish people because Exodus says that they began to multiply. They had a lot of children. And the Pharaoh feared that with their population explosion becoming so large that if an enemy attacked Egypt, they, the Hebrew people, who are now very, very uh, large in numbers, they would join the Egyptian enemies and defeat Egypt, and then they would just leave. Pastor Steve will continue this lesson in our next class. Fear was the driving force in Pharaoh's decision to enslave the Hebrews and then his descendants' decision to kill the male children. Fear has caused untold suffering and grief ever since the fall in the garden. A Pharaoh had a plan to subdue God's people. 
However, the Lord had other ideas for them. Uh, But I don't want to get ahead of Pastor Steve. We're glad you could be here with us today for Verse by Verse. Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff is our teacher for these daily Bible studies. Today's class was the first part of Pastor Steve's sixth message about the heroes of the faith. Pastor Steve has been teaching and pastoring at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida since 1981. Verse by Verse Ministries now makes his messages available to a wider audience through these daily Bible classes of the air, as well as through the Verse by Verse website, versebyverseradio.org. If you visit the website, you can listen to today's program online or download it to listen later. We also have an archive page with previous broadcasts. If you want to make sure you hear every class, we also have a complimentary podcasting service. The web address again is versebyverseradio.org. If you would like to listen to Pastor Steve's entire message at one sitting without announcements, give us a call at 727-239-0306. Leave your name and a number and we'll return your call during weekday office hours. When we call you back, you can order either a cassette tape or an audio CD. That number again, 727-239-0306. Verse by Verse Ministries is a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of interested listeners who have first been faithful to their local church. There is a lot more to learn from Hebrews chapter 11 and the people described there. So we hope you can join us again for our next Verse by Verse program. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.